0: This was supposed to be a longer series, but I I decided to cut it short because I have other another sermon series idea that I want to jump on. But this is the last. This is week two, the final week of the mini series called "As Strong as Death." This is a series on God's love. This is a series on um, God's love. Not not because not because I want to soften you with God's love, but I want to show you how majestic and powerful God's love is, not from a standpoint of, oh, God loves you and, and everything is so soft. God's love is deeper than that. God's love has a deeper understanding. You should have a deeper understanding about God's love. The theme scripture we used last week that I'm using tonight is Song of Solomon, chapter six, verse six through seven, or I think it's chapter eight. Chapter eight? Okay, yeah, sorry, I put chapter six on here. Chapter eight, verse six through Seven, And it says, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. The part of the scripture, last week I talked about, um, talked about being marked like you were marked by the love of God before you were ever born that's what I talked about last week I talked about how the times that you've made mistakes and the times that you've walked away from God and God still had his mark of love on your heart and I talked about how it's like a seal like in the beginning where it talks about place me like a seal over your heart God has sealed you with his love before you ever came to Christ and that's important to know because whether you go to him or not he marked you and that was the point of last week. This week, I want to talk about this part where it says, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love. And I thought about the word power. I thought about the word strength. When it says as strong as death, that means power. And so tonight, I want to talk to you for the last week. I want to talk about the power of God's love, the power of God's love. God's love is not just some sissy thing that you believe in, y'all heard me? It's not just some sissy thing you believe in, it's a power that endures in you to when things of love do not satisfy, God's love ultimately satisfies. Um, when I thought of power, I thought of like superheroes, that's what I thought about. I thought about, I thought about different types of superheroes. Who thinks DC's trash and Marvel's great. Some of y'all were just like, eh, eh. why is this thing crooked? I just, the, the the thing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm OCD. So one of the, so one of, so one of my favorite superheroes, and I've talked about it before, my favorite, sorry, Crooked Row, Crooked, well, never mind. I'm joking. So I'm messing, I'm messing. The Lord has his mark on you. So one of, my one of my favorite superheroes, and I've talked about this superhero before, is Spider-Man. That's always been my favorite. Not Tom Holland, Spider-Man, okay? Spider-Man. I'm talking about comic books. I'm not talking about how cute Tom Holland I'm talking about Spider-Man. That's what I'm talking about. And, and I followed Spider-Man even as a kid. I never really read the comics, but as I got older, I started to read it more. And I just, his power... Obviously, it's to web swing. Obviously, it's to, he has superhuman strength. He has, you know, more strength than a, than a regular human being. He also has spider sense. So, if you try to swing at him, he's going deck so quick. And, like, you know, he has a great power. He has amazing powers. He can crawl up on walls. Thank you, Sarah, for the analogy. She, he crawls up on the wall. He He's literally a full human spider. That's what he is. But one of his powers, that nobody talks about. I think it's one of the greatest things that even Stan Lee himself explained was his power to get back up when it was tough. That was my favorite part of not just Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. He was always, Peter Parker has been through a lot. He's lost his parents. He's lost his uncle. He eventually loses his aunt in the comics. He loses a lot of relationships. He gets his heart broken. He 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 gets knocked down by all of the enemies he fights. And it's, and it's, and it's, And it could cause anyone to go into depression. Like all the stuff he goes through, I would be depressed. But one of the biggest things about Peter Parker was he would always get back up. And he would always keep fighting because his uncle told him with great power comes great responsibility. And he knows his power is to get back up again. Not just his superhuman power, but his willpower, power power like we can debate on who's stronger superman or goku or one punch man we can say whoever can be stronger than the other but there's something about there's something about god's power i want to speak to you about this you know how superheroes are cool because they have powers that we don't have that's that's cool that's why we like them but god's power i'm talking about the power of god's love god's love is power. It's not just, it's not just a fairy tale love or a love that culture teaches. This is a love that sustains. This is a love that brings everything together. It's a love that can control a situation. It's love that can change a perspective. It's a love that can bring healing into your emotional heart. It could do a lot of things. His love has power. But one of the things that we don't realize is that we think love is so gullible. Love is so deceptive. Love is this and that. And that's the world's love. That's how the world loves others, through those things. But God's love, it's called agape love. Agape love means everlasting. It means it is a sealed love. It's something that never changes, never grows cold, doesn't have glitches. It never runs out. That is God's love. God's love is power. It's powerful. And some of us don't really understand that because we just think of God's love. Oh, he died for me. Oh, he did all this stuff. No, no, no. God loved you so much that he formed things in your life that you would go through in order for you to develop. I hate this thing. he developed things in your life Because he loves you that much. There are things, here's how I know God loves you. There are things that people talk to you, talk about you behind your back, and you don't even know what they talk about. That's God's love. Because what if you hurt certain things and it would cause discouragement in your life? That's God's love. The things that God keeps you out of, not puts you in, but keeps you out of. That's God's love. That's also God's love. So we think God's just, he gives me the opportunities. He gives me the blessings. He gives me all this. No, no, no. He does things to where I don't go crazy and where I don't feel like I have to do everything on my own or I don't have to defend myself. That's God's love. God's love is not just what can I do for you? It's really of the sense of this is what I'm going to do for you because I love you. God's love is one of the most powerful things. It's literally, let me put it in a picture. His love stopped his wrath from destroying us from sin and death. That's how strong his love is. His his love was strong enough to keep your butt out of hell. That's how strong his love is. His love was able to, to, to forgive every single dumb mistake you've made, every sin that you subconsciously commit. He was able, his love was strong enough to back up his wrath and say, no, I'm going to send my son and save my people because I love them. God's love is power. God's love is so powerful that he was able to throw away his own wrathful, righteous anger away from you to where you can live a life in him, and when you pass, you get to be with him in eternity in the kingdom of heaven. That is love. Love is power. James, grab my microphone. This thing keeps shaking. It's not right now, but his love is power. And some of you have, have this dilemma of thinking that God's love is sometimes weak. Because, oh, I don't need God's love, I need God's provision, I don't need God's love, I need God's uh redemption, I don't need God's love, I need God to do this and God to do that. What if his love is the connection to all of that? What if his love is the first thing? It's power. It's it's my it's strength, it's powerful. His love is power. But for some of us when we live our life, thinking that God's love is just a little cute story about Jesus, then you miss the whole biblical context of what God's love actually does. You miss the whole thing. You miss the whole understanding of God's love. And when you do that, you get discouraged. And when you don't put God's love first in your perspective, your perspective will go to other places of hatred. Everybody hates me. Everybody doesn't agree with me. Everyone this and everyone that. And it keeps you away from receiving God's love because it's there. But I'm pretty sure you have some mistakes that you have thought in the back of your mind. And be honest with me because we all know this, that this mistake is probably the last time God's going to forgive me and love me ever again. We don't want to admit that because we're like, yeah, God's love is unlimited. Well, for you, for some reason, you think he doesn't. You think he doesn't. This scripture was so plain to me, what I'm about to read to you. It was so plain to me until God really spoke it in my life. And it makes, it has a deeper meaning for me. Romans 8, 37 through 39, Paul says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory, overwhelming means overwhelming, kind of a little bit too much victory. God is victorious to the point where he gives us too much victory. We think it's just victory for one thing. He gives us too much victory, and that's a good thing because that's how we know how overflowing and overpowering his might is. His victory is overwhelming through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, watch this, I am convinced that nothing, can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears of today, nor the worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all Creation Paul is emphasizing this because he wants you to know there is literally nothing, nothing, zilch, zero, nothing. But what it nothing, zero, zilch, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And go to the what's the last verse? No power in the sky, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What does that mean? If you know God, you will know that his love will never, ever be separated from you. Ever. Jacob, you sure? Ever. You positive? Ever. Ever. What I just did last night. Never, ever, nothing. Nothing. I remember the scripture I talked about last week, how like, how can God love me when people hate me? Talked about that last week. And one of the things in my life that God set me free from was thinking that, okay, if if there are certain people who don't like me, who don't treat me right, this must mean that God doesn't like me and won't treat me right. And I lived with that for a very long time. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it wasn't where I thought that God didn't love me. But it was on the back of my mind because I'm like, I can't tell God that. I can't tell God that. Of course he does. But on the back of my mind, I was downplaying what I was really feeling on the inside, thinking that God didn't love me. And one of the things that I have learned when I thought God couldn't, it wasn't, and look, y'all, this, is, this was powerful to me. It might be shallow to somebody, but it's powerful to me. There were, there were times where I was like, man, this, this so-and-so hates me. I just, it's just, I feel like there's no, and this was when I was going through a deep cleansing. The Lord was doing a great work in me, and I was letting him do it, and I was nervous because I didn't know what he was going to do. And once he did it, I was sitting there. I was sitting there, I was back at my mom's house. I was sitting there and i was just contemplating how i was trying to get myself to think that god loves me and i and i was reading that scripture and the scripture the scripture was was there when i was trying to read and i was like it's not hitting me it's not it's not registering with me and as i read the scripture <clears throat> that person i thought that hated me went into my mind and then god the same way came into my mind <clears throat> and it wasn't what got me wasn't that God God said, I love you. That wasn't what got me. God didn't even have to say that he loved me because when he told me in my heart, I do not hate you. I do not hate you. Yo, I broke down right there at that island at my mom's house, bawling, knowing that he does not hate me. When I thought other people did, he didn't. God's agape love is the known fact that when everybody else walks away or when everybody else hates you, God doesn't. God doesn't. Because we affiliate God with people. And that's our, that's our problem. That's a wrong, bad perspective, thinking that people are like God, which is not the case. Because the Bible says, last time I checked, people are fickle. What does that mean? People will mess you up disappoints you, throw it in your face, not even worry about you, not even think of you, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. But what got me was when God said, I do not hate you. It wasn't that he said, I already knew that he loved me, but I needed to hear that he didn't hate me. I needed to hear that. That was God's love. I didn't need God to tell me, oh, I love you. I hear that all the time. God told me what I needed to hear. I don't hate you. I don't hate you. I made you. I built you for this thing in your life, your calling. I don't hate you. You've misplaced my love for people. I love you and I don't hate you. When you start to live in the fact that his love bypasses every single label That has been over you, you will start to live in true freedom because you're not living by labels of what people have said to where you get the perception of what God has said. God didn't tell you that he hated you. If he did, you must be Satan because this is not true. If he created you, why would he hate you? Why would he hate something that he made by hand? Doesn't make sense, right? But in our heads, we think that God hates us for some reason because the devil's really good at, I don't give him credit, not a lot. But when I do, it's for things that God's actually telling the truth about. But the devil is giving us these little pocket lies that we can walk on. It's not big ones. Big lies don't really, aren't the heavy hitters. It's those pocket ones. It's those small ones. The things that people do, the little things that people do that hurt us. That's where we see the devil has deceived us in thinking that people treat us how God treats us. That's the true pain. That's what break God's, breaks God's heart is that you think that people act just like Him. Now we're supposed to. We're supposed to be more like Christ, but we are still flesh and b- blood. Have a sinful nature. We have still all of that. But the good news is that when everybody else walks away in your life, because you, you've had, y'all listen up, you've had some people walk away in your life, a lot of people, more than you can count, more than you can measure sometimes. It might be three, it might be 30, but to everyone who walks away and to everyone who leaves your life, God is always there. His love is power not a power of just strength or getting these gains. It's not that. His power is powerful enough to bypass all of your insecurities, all of your pride, all of your wrong thinking, all of the lies that you have believed. He is able. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. God's love is so powerful that there's not a person, place, or thing in the universe that could separate us His children, children of God. He cannot separate us from it. And here's another thing. We think sometimes that God's love is dependent on what we do or us. Like this is, I got to do this, this, and that. I have to do this, this, and that. And we've created a routine and we haven't created a devotion. Devotion is more profitable than routine. Because you're doing it because you have to do it. But for me, for some of us in this room, we do it because we want to. You have to ask God to get that desire in your heart because you are doing it out of religiosity and it's causing you to fail because you're doing it in your own strength. You're doing it in your own strength. This is why you fall every time and you blame yourself and you do all this. So you think that what you do, you really think what you do Stops God's love from entering your life. Sometimes it does if you walk away. But if you're still living for him and you think that he's walked away from you, you thought wrong. You think it wrong because you have listened too much to others. People. I Didn't I mention people? Didn't I mention that people do this a lot where we, people, there are people, we have forceful influencers. That's what I call them. They, they're they like, hey, here's this opinion. That was a wet hand. Here's my opinion. You should take it. Matter of fact, here you go. Those people, bro. Those people. They have. We have opinions upon opinions. But what does God say? What does God say about what you're going through? Not some... Dr. Phil not some random human being that thinks they they can they can read your life it's not those types of people it's ultimately going to be God and because God never changes he never does God has never changed throughout scripture throughout even my own life from my own experience and from other people's experiences in this room God has never changed so what does that mean? God's love never changes. It never changes. It stays the same. My first thing I want to say is God's love is unquenchable. That was what was in Song of Solomon. Nothing can quench his love. 2 Corinthians 5, 14-15 says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died in all, we also believe that we have all died to our old self. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. God's unquenchable love for us does not mean that we can live however we want. But, It means that because he loves us so powerfully and he died for us, we live for him. So, God's love is always with you. But what's your fruit? What's your fruit? What do you mean, Jacob? I got apples and bananas and I got all these other fruits. What do you want? I'm talking about how do you live? What do you say? How do you respond? Is it holy? Is it God's love? Or is it what you think about stuff? Is it, maybe it's what you want to say about something. Maybe it's about you not controlling that filter called your throat. What does your life look like? God's love can be hidden because the lifestyle is sin. God doesn't take his way of love. He hides it because there's something about, because God has boundaries. I've talked about this. God has boundaries. And one of his boundaries is that he can't give something, a blessing to someone who disobeys him. It's, it's, it's not in his character. You're going to make mistakes, but you can still go to the, to the throne of grace and ask for forgiveness. That can still happen but you decide to keep doing it and keep doing it and not go to the throne and keep doing it and not confess and keep doing it. And you're like, where is his love? This is baloney. It's not baloney. You have misplaced it with your own decision. Sometimes you have misplaced it and it's there. It's there. It's always been there. His love has always been in your life. But because you have listened to you, you have listened to others, you have listened to what people say, what culture says, you listen to them, and look what happens. You ask, where's God's love? Where's God's love? Where'd it go? It was here like two days ago. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, where's God's peace? Why are you on social media making yourself anxious? Why are you... In that relationship, stressing you out. Where's God's peace? Where is it? Sometimes his peace has always been there. Things that God has installed in you is already there. But you have decided from your decision to let God be on the back burner of all of he has for you. And you walk away and you see God and you're like, where is it? God never ran. We do. God doesn't run away from his creation. He doesn't run away from his child. He doesn't run away from you because he created you. We run away from God sometimes, not even knowing that we do it. Not even knowing that God's love has always been there. His love never runs out and you can be empowered by it. But what does your life look like? Here's the, one, here's the one problem with our society. Nobody wants to be accountable. Y'all heard that? Nobody wants to be accountable. Everybody wants to live their own way, live their truth, do all this stuff. But the one time someone challenges somebody, oh, they're against me. They're against me. Oh, God. So, but, but, but I wonder, but I wonder, so if God keeps you accountable, are you are going to listen to him? If you don't listen to people's accountability, how much more do you think you're not going to listen to God's accountability? I'm on fire right now. I'm hitting y'all with, with this bomb. Because some of us live our lives, because when someone, someone that is wise, man, you probably shouldn't make that decision. Man, you probably shouldn't be in that relationship. That's probably not good for you. We jump to conclusions because here's the one, here's the enemy of accountability, victim. That's the enemy of accountability, victim. We play this excuse role, and what happens is is that God wants to keep us accountable from his word, but we contradict it to ourselves with our victim mentality. So God's love doesn't work, not because he's not powerful. It's because we want the power, and we want to know what we want to do with our life, and we don't let God, because that's surrender. Surrender is letting God have control of the power. But us control freaks like me, it's very hard. It's very difficult. Because when I because love is not just shah-shah-ing. Love is not just oh boo boo, do day, boo boo day, or well, however you say it, boo day. It's not just. Oh, you're going to get through it. You're going to do all this stuff. It's like, listen, stop what you're doing. It's, it's, it's messing you up. That's why you're in this situation. You got to stop making the same decisions over and over. And, but when somebody does that, it attacks our pride. And when it attacks our pride, it attacks our character sometimes. Because you've been attacked for making the littlest mistake. So now you believe everything that comes to you, what people say, or when someone keeps you accountable, you don't take it because the victim role doesn't come from your own selfish desire. It comes from a place of defense, survival. You survive off of victim mentality because if you can survive from that, then you won't have to live in freedom because you don't know the benefits of accountability yet. You don't know it. So when it happens, When it comes into play, when you get accountable, God's love is power because His love keeps us accountable. But we don't take the accountability because accountability attacks what we know. Our accountability teaches us, sometimes teaches us something new, and it attacks our tradition, it attacks pride. It attacks you. So victim is the self-defense in order to not grow, in order to not change, in order. Listen, it's the situation, whatever you've gone through, I get it. It's in a moment. But after years of being in prison to Pharaoh, and now you want to go back Like how Moses and the Israelites, you want to go back after 400 years of slavery? You want to go back? Because that's all they knew was to survive off of victim. Because the accountability is scary because we don't know where it's going to lead us. And sometimes we feel shame when it's not supposed to be shame. It's supposed to be righteous rebuking. It's supposed to be a righteous accountability. And God's love keeps us accountable. But because we don't take the accountability, it turns us into a victim and we get bitter about God. God's love has power. It does have power. But God's not forceful. So this means that he does have power, but your decisions have power also. Not as big as God. Duh. God is better than you, bigger than you, all this stuff. He's God. Duh. But the one thing he won't do is he will not force love. He will not, he will not, he will not chain you around the neck and say, love me. That's weird. That's scary. He doesn't do that. He's willing to give you an opportunity, but it's going to take accountability. And because you decide to walk away from it, and when someone or when God speaks to you, like it's easy it's easy to see a scripture and it doesn't, you don't agree with it and you're like, okay, you can close the book right away. But when someone tells you, maybe someone that's close to you and tells you, probably shouldn't be doing that, man. It's not benefiting you. You're, you're, you're in bondage to it. You need help. Let me, let, let me help you with this. We back up. Because what? That's normal to us. That's normal to what we do. And, it, and victim is the enemy of accountability. Pride will cause that. Pride is the root of all of this. Because sometimes you take the label of victim from an actual situation and you use it to justify what you do wrong. We all do it. I do it. All the time. The Lord still works on me from certain things. It's like, well, I do this because of that. Because of this. And I've learned that I'm using that to not get me into freedom. I'm using that to not receive actual joy because I'm afraid of losing something that was normal to me because I don't want change. I want someone to understand. But the understanding is long overdue. The understanding of what you've gone through has been enough. Maybe you haven't been heard before for your understanding. Then talk to somebody. But when you use it as a crutch to not change, it causes you to stay in a place of isolation because you're not letting the accountability of what God's telling you to keep you to change. Trust me, I I learned that the hardest way. And I don't want y'all to learn that the hard way. Because accountability was the best thing I ever got. I have a circle of of guys that I talk to. And one of them, he's more blunt than the others. But the way he says it, the way he addresses it, it's powerful. The way he helps me with it. Because I don't want to be in a bad place. But I also don't want to be accountable. Because it's embarrassing, isn't it? It's embarrassing to be accountable. Because it's like, no, 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 this is, this is, this is how I feel. This is it. But when we do that, isolation keeps us in a place. God's love is power. But you not taking accountability can be not as powerful, but powerful enough to make you walk away from the power of the love of God that is right in front of you. Last thing I want to say is choose to love God and live for him with your whole heart because that's how much he has loved you. God loves you with his whole heart. He cherishes you with his whole heart because he created you. Here's the problem. If you would break down those walls and you would let God work in you, Because trust me, the first thing God's going to do when he works on you, he's going to keep you accountable. He's going to keep you accountable for the change that you're going to be developing. And when you stop or when you turn back somewhere, Holy Spirit's going to be like, whoa, whoa, dude, calm down. Whoa, slow down, slow down. But we have to make the decision if we're going to really take that accountability and not play victim no more. I told myself that to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm tired of playing victim any longer because it's kept me in a place of dread. It's blocked me away from people. It has kept me in a cage. When I thought it was supposed to help, it kept me in a cage. It kept me in a prison that I couldn't get out of. Not because, not because I was just such a bad person, but because it's all I knew because I felt like people were attacking me. But listen, y'all, they are not attacking you. They care about you. Same thing as God. There is a group of people in this world that are willing to encourage you in a way that gets you out of it more than just telling you, it's okay. Because sometimes you don't need to hear it's okay. Sometimes you really need to hear, pick up your mat and walk. Instead of hearing, oh, you know, if it's the Lord's will, no, you need to get up and walk. You need to get up and pick up that mat because if you sit there long enough, you will never get to the pool. You will never. Now, not out of religiosity, but out of being, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of it. God's love is already here. God's love is already now. I need to, I need to let God break this. I need to let God break these chains a victim and I need God to keep me accountable to where I can receive not just change but freedom because some of you it's not because of change it's not because you're, you're a horrible person and you're and you got to do right again No, no no accountability is freedom God's accountability is freedom and it gets you out of a place of horror and dread. But if victim is the mindset, if victim is the decision, if victim is the play, then you will have to stay in the parking lot, in park, in your little Honda Civic the whole time. The whole time. Because you'll never get out of the parking lot if you play victim. You will never be able to get to the place if you play victim. You can't get to the promised land if you don't stop playing victim. It's freedom. Accountability is freedom. His love is freedom. And we got to let God change that. I need to choose to love God and I need to let his love again know that it chooses me. And if I do that, And if I stay out of the victim and I get into accountability and I get into a place of freedom, there's blessings on that other side. Greater ones than you might have right now. Greater ones. Because these things block. These things terminate. The devil doesn't want you to be accountable because he knows when you're accountable, you're not under his mastery anymore. You're not under his accountability anymore. You're under God's accountability because the devil wants you to do it. He wants you to victim so hard to where you don't change. Because he thinks he wants you, he wants to get you to know that victim is good. And what it does is that it brings benefit. It doesn't. You lose people, you lose your sanity sometimes, and you lose sight of who God is sometimes because you are putting yourself in the middle of a prison that you can't get out of without God's accountability God's love is power but you have to choose and let it once again remind yourself it chooses you with every head bowed and every eye closed I want to get this prayer part done I want you to know this some of us have a very hard time believing that God could really love us after all we've done, after all we have done, God doesn't love me. I've done too much. I've seen too much. I've thought too much. I've, I've, my decisions are enough to keep me out of the kingdom. There's no way. There's no way. moment you walk to the front door of the father, he comes running, running, running. The moment you look at that father's, at the father's house and you're like, Lord, I I should just be a servant. I'm I'm not your child. I should work up to it. I should work up to it because of the stuff that I've done. I should work up to it but the lord is not even talking to you he's just chasing you down to the point where he will embrace you in order for you to know that nothing nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of god that is in christ jesus he loves you with an unquenchable love If that's you, I just want you to take a moment, just take a moment, just to ask God, to ask him, Lord, I want you to ask him, do you love me, Lord? I know it's a really dumb question, but God likes dumb questions, so ask him. Ask him the question. God, do you love me? And let him answer. People think, oh, you shouldn't question God. The dumbest questions and the the stupidest questions were were the very thing that God was able to reveal himself. How can God reveal himself if you don't ask? Wouldn't hurt to ask him. Wouldn't hurt to ask your father a dumb question. Dumb questions to God are good questions. Maybe you hate asking dumb questions because maybe you're real father doesn't like your dumb questions. (laughs) I know my dad doesn't. He hates dumb questions. But your father in heaven doesn't. Your father in heaven doesn't. He doesn't hate dumb questions. He brings them in and he shows you. Lord, do you love me? Lord, is this real? Is this true? Is what Pastor Jacob's saying real? Is it true in a moment just ask him get in a prayer mode and ask him lord do you love me and i promise you either tonight or this week when you spend time with him when you get in his word when you spend time in the presence of god he will show you ask and you shall receive that is a promise from him in the word you have to ask him Lord is this true I found that y'all in Romans nothing can separate me from the love of God no no person no situation no mistake can ever separate me from the love of God does God love me I can say yes absolutely 100% yes I could say yes tomorrow I can say yes next week because I have experienced God's love I have experienced his touch I have experienced his ever and never-ending grace I have experienced the Father's love and you can too because you can get to the point where you can say yes I have experienced God's love I have experienced God's God's everlasting love everlasting embrace everlasting truth everlasting grace I have experienced all of this. So now I can say with full confidence, yes. For some of us, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't even know if he hears me right now. I don't even know. I don't know. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would terminate every doubt in this room, not knowing that you love them, not knowing that you care for them, not knowing that you're, the Father's love is on their life. And, Lord, that I pray, Lord, that you would give them a love that is yours, unquenchable, not ceasing, not ceasing, that it is... Here to stay in their hearts, in their minds, in their soul. Lord, that they wouldn't just be teenagers that don't know your love. They would be young men and women of God who can say, yes, God does love me. Matter of fact, he loves me so much that he knows how to take care of me. He knows what I need. He hears me. And I know him. I hear the shepherd's voice. I know him. God wants you to get to that point where you know his voice. And the only way to do that is to spend time with him every day. To know God is to spend time with him. To spend time with him thank you lord for your word thank you lord that you are everlasting your love has power for all of us father i ask lord that you would that you would drench out doubt and that you would stir faith up and give us peace to know that we can say yes to that you love us to that your love has power it's not just it's not just fairy tales and, and gummy worms and unicorns. and It's not just that, Lord. This is real. Your love is real. Your love is genuine. Your love is pure. It's legit. It's real. Lord, help them to get to saying yes. Yes, Lord, it is real. It is for me and not against me. It is on my side. It will slay thousands at my left and thousands at my right hand. It slays my enemies because you love me. You love me. I pray, Lord, that you would give this to every single person in this room who is struggling with love. Maybe they've tried to find it in, in boyfriends and girlfriends and they've tried to find it in media. and and, and pieces of media, Lord. Maybe they've tried to find it, Lord, in other things that stimulate their mind to think that that loves them. Lord, I ask that that love and that need is found in you and you alone and everything else will follow because your love is the only one that satisfies. It is set apart from any other love that is in this world. And I thank you that your love is touching people right now. It is embracing people right now it is surrounding some of us right now because we've been needing that love for a good while now it's been a hot minute Lord it felt like quarantined from your love but your love is here right now willing to embrace someone this evening and Lord you are willing to do it but Lord I ask that you would open their hearts to where they can receive your love in their hearts and in their minds that there's no more running away. There's no more victim because your love covers that. Your love covers that. It covers the shame. It covers the wounds. It covers the blame. It covers the dysfunction. It covers it and it washes it clean because your love has power. Your love is power. So Father, we thank you. And we bless you praise you that this week we would experience your love ever more more and more as we continue this week we love you lord and we praise you and we thank you it's in jesus name we pray amen and amen